We're talking this week about your comfort zone. You know, that box that you like to stay in where nothing goes wrong and you have complete control, comfort, everything you want and nothing to worry about. Well, yesterday I assigned myself some homework. I was going to track down every or keep track of every single uncomfortable moment in my day. And there's a common thread to all of them. A common thread. Guess what that is? I bet you can't guess. But we're going to talk about that, what I discovered, how it holds me back, and it might be something about how it holds you back too. All that and more on today's Antidote, episode 914. Stay tuned for today's Antidote, brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's Antidote provides an opportunity for business owners and leaders to discover what is real for them and to be impacted by what is real for others. That is the Renegade way. Let's get real. We all face challenges and get stuck occasionally and are looking for an antidote. Each weekday, this show dives into a topic that may have you stuck, frustrated, and uncertain. Our goal is to share our value in an effort to help you find that one thing, the antidote to your challenges so that you can get results and make more money. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Excited? I'm sorry. Are you excited? Uh, I'm getting there. Yes. I'm, okay. Well, you're, I've been you're dealing with a lot of emotions you, overnight, so now I'm. Yeah, you, you had a lot going on because of the bills lost, and yes, you know your whole world shattered. But it, be strong. You can become a Ravens fan. We'll let you in the club. No, it's not sorry. too late to hop on the bandwagon. No, sorry, can't that I cannot do. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds like you were outside your comfort zone last night when the Bills lost. Well, I don't know about that. Unfortunately, I feel like that has been a, uh, you know, I've been, it's not like I've been a fan for a couple of, for three years when they've yeah, been yeah, winning most. Yeah. yeah, you've had some losses over the years. A couple of Super Bowls that didn't go the right way. Yeah, and then 20 years where we didn't make the playoffs or something like that. So, sadly, I felt like I was getting back into what was my comfort zone. Okay. When you when you have to follow a team that doesn't win very often, you sort of get like you don't get that excited. You don't get you kind of like oh all right. Uh, hey, you're talking to an Orioles fan. It's been 40 years since we won a uh, World Series. I know exactly how you feel. Except you were alive when they won a World Series. I was. Thank you for that. <laughs> that makes me feel old today. So you know, I, it was a little. It's been. It's interesting that you say that. Because it's sort of like it's been a it's been a little weird. I was thinking actually about that last night, not because we're talking about it. I was just thinking about it. Is like, in some ways, life was more was less complicated when the bills were weren't any good. <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking about wow, it would be fun to go to this game and oh, where are they playing? And you know, I could go do this or I could get excited or they're playing Monday night. Great, I get to watch. They never used to play on Monday night. Right. So, you know, it was Sunday and if I could always find other things that, you know, plenty of other things to do. And you just had to check the score and then see like, OK, what was it this week? So now that they are winning and that they're a good team, it's like, oh, I want to watch every game. Oh, I want to try to get to games in person. It's so that's a little bit. No, I understand. Um, I'm going through the same thing with the Orioles this year. 
that want to see him play more, watching the games more, keeping track of the scores more, texting more around it. Yeah, I get, I get it. It's almost uh, when they're not great, it's easily forgotten. It's, it's just sort of a it's, – right. it's not a priority. Right, exactly. But let's get like... to his comfort zone stuff, shall we? Oh, well, let's, got this what, big let's discovery. I want to hear what you have to say. I thought so. So let me set it up today. All right. First of all, folks, welcome. Feel free to insert your comments into the discussion. We'd love to have your comments. Um, we, uh, If you watch us on the podcast, of course, can't comment. We've got this group. It's called Renegade, or I'm sorry, the Sculpture Business Group. And you can go find that on Facebook and you can join that and comment there. And uh, Tom, we're going to we're going to throw things completely out of the kilter right now. I want you to put that promo up now for me because I want to talk about that first. So in a couple of minutes, I'm going to share with you something around my comfort zone. And it's deeply personal. It was a really big insight. If you're trying to figure out your comfort zone and why things aren't going the way you want them to go, I'm going to tell you right now, it's because you're staying in your comfort zone. I figured that out this morning in the shower. My comfort zone is very very clear, and I figured out what I need to do to be outside of it. And Tom and I have a program called Get Real, Get Results, Make More Money, where you can figure out what's holding you back. And I'm going to bet that when we talk to you in that program, we're going to figure out where your comfort zone walls are, and we're going to start pushing those walls out a little bit. So if you want to learn more about that, talk to Tom or me. You can direct message us. You can go to the renegadesuccessnetwork.com and find out more. And now, Tom, if you take down that promo, let me explain what I discovered. Okay. All right. Hey, you're doing a great job. You're, you're going to love this. Um, so yesterday, I was uncomfortable. These are the things that happened. I'm going to be somewhat circumspect around them because I don't want to get too involved in my personal life. You and I had a discussion before the program where I shared some... Uh, financial information and some other information that I, I think I've danced around, but not been as direct. I was very uncomfortable with that. I was very uncomfortable with a discussion with someone I care about a lot about a topic I did not think would come up. Um, I was very uncomfortable. I'm going back to my list with a doctor. I went to a doctor's visit yesterday and he was on his phone three times in the first five minutes. The phone rang three times to the point where I said, doctor, um, if I'm not the priority, I can go back in the waiting room. And he kind of looked at me and was like, you didn't just say that. I said, look, I, I'm happy to wait. If you've got things going on, it's fine. Um, I was uncomfortable in a discussion with someone around um, working together because it came down to a discussion around some money issues. Um, I was uncomfortable around a meeting that was supposed to go from 12.50 to 1 o'clock. And at 12.59, someone started saying something really important. And I said, I'm sorry, I need to leave because I have another meeting scheduled. In the evening, I had a difficult discussion with someone um, about a um, situation in my past that I did not think would come up. I also had a difficult discussion with someone yesterday around money yet again. You see the common thread here? Money? <clears throat> no, discussions. Oh. 
Every single thing that I was uncomfortable yesterday with was a discussion. Everyone. Nothing else made me uncomfortable. Hmm. I got poked and prodded yesterday by a doctor. I got the, please take off your clothes and I'm naked in front of the doctor. That, that wasn't uncomfortable to me. But the discussion with him about the phone, when I had my clothes fully on, very uncomfortable. Hmm. And I think to the last couple years, and I think to how many times discussions have made me uncomfortable. Okay. So it's having conversations. And, and so think about, and here's what I'm, I'm really curious about. I don't know if this is just a Bob thing. As someone used to describe it, mountain of absolute Bob, when I was when it was just all me and everything, or Moab for short, great acronym, um, mountain of absolute Bob, one of the best. <laughs> I give that person credit for that. Um, or if it's more universal, and that most of us are uncomfortable with discussions, and. Um, Michael says, I hear crickets to, to this to this conversation. <laughs> Funny. Yes. LOL. Um, and think about it. And maybe it's maybe it's you taking whoops, sorry. Whoops. It, it, <laughs> I, I won't touch the button ever again. <laughs> um, think about it. When you've been uncomfortable in the last couple of days, was it a discussion? Or was it something else? And I'm, I'm really curious because if it's all around discussions, that's a really interesting dynamic. And for someone who studied communications in college and has been a communicator for the last 30 some odd years, that's a pretty big discovery uh, late in life to, to realize that a lot of our discomfort is around conversations. But I would argue the other side of that is a lot of our interactions come to discussions and discussions are where we share our point of view. And that's where we have the opportunity to say, I believe this, you believe that. How do we find the bridge or how do we, how do we say, you know what, you're a Bills fan. I'm a Jets fan. Forget it. You're, you're no longer of interest to me. Or, Oh, you're a Jets fan. I'm a Bills fan. We're both football fans. That's cool. What do you think? Well, I wonder, is it the conversation or is it the anticipated or potential results of that conversation? It's a great question. You know, I, I think, and, and I think that leads to, are we comfortable sharing what's real for us? As you said, I'm a Bills fan. You said you're a Jets fan. I know you're not. You're a Ravens fan. And do I want to share something with you that's real for me that, um, may not be real for you and could have an impact on our relationship. So let me take a step further as I'm thinking through it. So I'm going back to the doctor discussion. Yeah. It's a new doctor. I need his help identifying what's going on with me. I've made this appointment. I'm paying for this time. And my first reaction was when I, when I realized that his phone was more important than me, Absolute frustration. 
then it was, okay, this is unacceptable to me. This is not outside the bounds. He didn't say to me at the beginning, I'm sorry, I've got someone who's got a serious health issue. I may have to take a call or two. Had he said that? I get it, dude. That's awesome. I understand people have done that when I've been the patient. No problem. He didn't say that. So when I was getting ready to say it to him, my first thought was, he's going to judge me. And he's going to give me less adequate care. Because I'm saying to him, what you're doing is unacceptable to me. I'm setting a boundary that in my mind was an appropriate boundary. But clearly up to that point in his mind, there was a, there was a different boundary. So there really, was a discussion around where the line's going to be drawn. And I was fully prepared to stand up, walk out and be like, you know what, if you want to play with your phone, just tell the waiting room I never saw you and I'm not paying for the visit and we move on. I did all that calculation before the discussion. What I anticipated from him was pushback. You know, Mr. Graham, I'm sorry. I'm the doctor. You're the patient. My, my, uh, my, my, uh, my playground, my rules is what I expected. What I got was a look of, I think, shock at first, disbelief second. And then third, he said, I'll turn my phone off. I said, I appreciate that. I'll try to be brief. Well, and I think that's part I of it, right? We set, we set a new boundary. So my right. comfort zone was permeated. This is uncomfortable to me. You're, you're going outside the walls of what I'm, I'm willing to accept in this situation. He had his own walls. Those walls of comfort were completely in contrast to each other. Yeah. It's almost like the Venn diagram, right? His wall was here. My wall was here. We had to find the middle ground and accept that, you know, this is where it's going to be or else one of us has to take action. Now I could have kept, I could have not said a word. And I think part of what caused me to say something honestly was I was aware of my discomfort when he took the phone call because I was keeping conscious track of my lack of comfort all day. So immediately when he took the phone call the first time, I was like, really? And I said to him, do you want me to step outside? And he's like, no, no, no. It's like a 30 second call. He hangs it up, puts it back in his pocket and then another call. And he, and he's looking at me as he, like he stops a sentence to take the call. That's like, okay. I felt like I had to do something, but I was very uncomfortable. And as I left the building, I felt very uncomfortable again because I'm thinking this guy's going to go out and tell the person who is at the count who helped me make my next appointment. Hey, I know you got him scheduled for a time he wants on Friday that week. Do me a favor, <laughs> change that up. I know he said that Wednesdays are really tough for him. Can you reschedule that to Wednesday at noon? Because that's really a, a bummer for him. Now, that's completely irrational. I, I, you don't know but that. Maybe, but I'm thinking through all those things. And I think you're on to something in the idea that so much of it was in my head. And so much of our comfort zone is in our head, too. I don't know your comfort zone. I don't know how far I can push you about being a Bills fan. I don't know how much I can push you about your marriage. I don't know how much I can push you about how you were as a father. I don't know how far I can push you about your career. And I know you pretty well. 
I might dabble in those things. Well, you're sort of testing and trying to define the, I think the challenge is we, we don't know the end result, <clears throat> even though what we want to share is what's real for us, right? You were frustrated that he was in this time where you're trying to figure out what's going on with you. He's giving a lot of time to something else. And I think that's similar is that when we, we, when we're frustrated by someone or something mm -hmm. and we, we want to create change because of that frustration. Okay. Yet we're uncertain of what are the, what will be the outcome of that? You know, if you ever want to have a tough conversation with, why do you get uncomfortable with an employee? Because <clears throat> you need to have what you think is going to be a tough conversation. I have to go and share with them something that they are probably not, that's not going to make them in their comfort zone. That they are going, that's either Like going firing to... them. Great example. I've counseled many people on firing them. Of course, you know what happens. Have you fired people, right? Yes. Have you... What's the first thing they do after you tell them that you're going to let them go? It's like a deep breath. It's like they knew it was coming and you've just, <laughs> you've done it. I think the difference there is in that case, you know, it's coming because the discussion hasn't been had, but right. both parties know what it's got to be. I don't think the doctor is used to a patient saying, I'm sorry, you're not the God of this room like you think you are. And by the way, I should say the doctor did a very good job. He was very thorough and I don't have an issue with him other than that. So it wasn't like my care suffered. He was very, very good at what he did. I think this was just one of those things. I, I think he just kind of forgot. I want to make sure we get Kelly's comment in. Um, by the way, Tom, I should say, I had a great discussion with Kelly yesterday. She took me up on my offer to talk about her presentation. And we had a really good discussion. She's, she's sharp, really sharp. So Kelly's um, comment is it may be both the anticipation and do we have the skills to do it? And I wonder, well, I think skills is part of it because there are tough conversations that we have to, okay, how do I navigate this and not sound like a jerk or really offend them? I also think it's the courage to do it. You know, if we had to have- Which a, is a word that Kelly used yesterday. Oh, she really? she came back to. She used it in a comment and then when I was talking with her, she talked about having courage to go outside of our comfort zone because of the, cause, cause it could have a significant impact on, you know, if you're a boss who has to go have a tough conversation and maybe it's not firing, but here's like, okay, something didn't go the way it was supposed to go or didn't get done. Now I need to go talk with my team member and share the ramifications of that. <clears throat> And our, especially, you know, like, especially if you are friendly with those people, like, okay, I have a good friend. This is my good friend. Yet I have to go have this conversation. that's going to be difficult. How is that going to impact our friendship? If I go and, in and say, you know, you're, you're not, you're not putting in enough time or you're always late to work. Why are you always late to work? And even though we know and like them and we don't want that to have an impact on who we are, we have to figure it out. And I think it's both what are the skills to have that conversation without it becoming um, combative 
Well, you're and, permeating their comfort zone, right? Of course. I right, mean, that's for some the reason they've been seeing this morning really clearly is you have a comfort zone, I have a comfort zone. There are times when I go outside your comfort zone. More times that's, I go, I push you outside of yours, I think. Uh, co correct. But that's, if you think of the four walls of our comfort zone or the six walls, we all have a box that we like to be in. And this person comes up to you and says, Tom, I get your box. I want to, I want to open that box up of William. No, I don't want, no, don't open my box. I'm really comfortable with my box. I know all the walls. I know all the furniture. Everything's perfect in this box house of mine. And now you're going to say, you know what? You're late for these shows every morning. Uh, well, the, and what do we do? Typically we come up with excuses and we fight it because that's our way of keeping that box wall the way it is. Well, you know, it's because I got to do this and this and this. I got to deal with my dogs. And I got to deal with this. And I got to do the graphics. Us. Tom, I want to do these at seven o'clock. And you go, okay, I'll try to do that. I permeated your box and then you permeate my box. And I think that's a way I'm starting to think of a lot of the discussions we have. And the more someone, you, the more you can trust someone to, to go up to that wall of your box and say, hey, Bob, I get that your box is right here, but I want to show you that maybe you can open your box up a little more. If we can trust that person and try it, I think our box gets bigger and bigger. That's the learning that we've been talking about, right? Week after week. Sure. And, and our reality shifts, right? If you, if you expand that box, you start to learn more. Like when Kelly said yesterday about courage, it was like, that was the perfect word. For what, you have to have the courage to be willing to allow your box to be even contemplated being bigger. Like this morning in the shower, when I realized the thing about conversations, my first thought was, I don't want to share this. I really don't want to give this personal information away because there are people in my life that if they hear this, one, they're going to be like, dude, I've been telling you this for the last 20 years. I can think of another person who's going to say, Nice of you to hop on the train. Where you been for the last year and a half? Because I've been telling you this. But I wasn't ready for the box to open up. And in this case, I had to discover where the box was, where the wall of the box was. With a very concerted effort. And I think so often we're so busy just allowing our box to be our box. That which is keeping us in our comfort zone, that it's holding us back from seeing what might be outside of it. And what's interesting to me is right now, as I talk through this, I can think back to difficult discussions being a really hard thing for me for a long time, a really long time. And talking about it this morning, it really takes the power away from that. I'm not, well, I'm not afraid of those discussions as much as I was an hour ago, because now it's like, Okay, I know that's where the wall is. I'm ready to move past it because I've now talked about it. And the worst thing you can do is you can watch this broadcast. You could send me a text. You could call me up and go, Bob, you know, you, you really suck at discussions. You've had horrible discussions with me for the last five. Yeah, whatever. Have at it. Well, I, th I also th wonder if it's the mindset we put ourselves in. You know, you said that it's about difficult discussions. What if it's just a discussion? And I know that that's easy to say and not always easy to do because Very conversation. we all have <laughs> topics 
that we get uncomfortable with or that we think having that conversation would be difficult because we've predetermined that this could be a difficult conversation. And, or and we predetermined where someone else's box is. Correct. Right? Correct. That they would be uncomfortable. I know where your comfort zone is, Tom. I've known you for a long time. I know where the wall is. I know that I know a couple of buttons I can push with you that take you very far outside of your comfort zone. And there are times that I do it, not just to push them, but because to get us to shift some of the things we're doing. But there are other things that, you know, I don't bother with. Like, if I'm being honest, I really wish we started the show at seven o'clock every day. I really do. It, it's, and I'm guilty, totally guilty. It's me, you know, as Taylor Swift would say, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. I knew I that was coming. Uh, that, that was. You got to get Taylor Swift in. By the way, I want to get more of Kelly's comments in. Um, thank you for yesterday and your kind words. You know, I love my words of affirmation. So thank you, Kelly. That is payment enough. <laughs> it was a great discussion. Um, and then Kelly also says, I am in courage gathering mode this week. So she's got uh, a big uh, webinar she's doing on Thursday. And so uh, I think she's working outside of her box. And I love the idea of courage gathering, That, which is another way of saying I'm going outside my walls with this thing. And I know that. So I'm trying to shift from here to there in the intervening time, which I don't think we think about very often. We're usually just like, oh, I got to do this big thing Thursday. And you just go... This is outside my comfort zone. I'm going to not think about it or I'm going to lose sleep over it or I'm going to worry about it or I'm going to be a jerk around my family because I got this thing Thursday and I don't know how to deal with it. So I love the idea of Kelly and this courage gathering, which is, hey, I'm going to this place I haven't been before. So let me gather up the the uh, intestinal fortitude to do it. So I really think as I get back to our topic, Tom, the whole comfort zone thing to me is being aware. I couldn't, I wouldn't have gotten to where I got this morning thinking through it in the shower had I not tracked all the things that made me uncomfortable yesterday and realized they were all around discussions. Were they discussions that you thought were going to be hard? That you had qualified as this could be a hard conversation to have? Um, one was unexpected and very intimate. Um, another was with a client and it was, they were really proud of something they had accomplished and they asked for my feedback and my feedback was, this is great. And I think there may be some things that people are going to be looking for that this doesn't satisfy. So taking that from great to moving to greater and helping them get there without deflating them for what they'd accomplished. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the thing to me in terms of the comfort zone is when you know you're pushing someone outside their comfort zone, you can't just go, Tom, jump off the cliff. You'll land Tom. Here's the, here's the repelling stuff. Here's how you use it. I know it's going to feel real weird, but you're kind of like, you're going to feel like you're falling, but then you put your hand on the back and next thing you know, you can stop. 
I promise the rope's not going to break. I promise you're going to get to the bottom. Look, watch me do it. I'll go down halfway and then you follow. And that's kind of how it is versus Tom, just jump off the cliff. Here's some rope. Good luck. Hope your hands make it. And I think that's the, the fear we have is that we're pushing someone off that cliff. And they, and we don't even know if that's a fear for them. Absolutely. Correct. That's part of the thing to me that is interesting in all this is we really don't, we are, I think we can only perceive other people's comfort zone from what they tell us and what we think of their comfort zone. I thought that doctor was going to get really upset with me because I've dealt with doctors for years and I know they tend to be, it's my room. You're really fortunate to be in my room and please bow to my feet. And I'm not about the feet person. And I also know, you know, hey, I waited my turn. You shut the door. It's my time. And that there's a friction point there. There's absolutely a friction point. You know, I had one doctor where that friction point years ago got so that I walked away. I was like, you're not the doctor for me. Well, I guess that's the that's the other thing is that you may have to walk away from something that you care, that you think you both care about because of the boundaries that have been set or that have were set and have not been followed or, or have just evolved over time. Right. Right. How many times is an employee late? And I've talked to people who are supervisors and like, well, how long has this been going on? Oh, this started the first day of work. They were 15 minutes late. That was 30 minutes late. Then it would be every Tuesday. It's like you, the person allowed the boundary to keep shifting instead of having the uncomfortable discussion up at the front end. So it got worse and worse. Like, yeah, oh, geez, this is day 52 of them being late for work. Well, now you've built up all the, it's going to be a hard discussion. They're used to it. Now their kids go to school later, blah, blah, blah. Versus, Right off the bat, first day, hey, I'm really sorry. Maybe there was some confusion, but we started at 8.15. I need you to be here at 8.15. Can you do that for me? Oh, it, I, I, I got up late. I didn't realize traffic. Okay, so tomorrow, can you leave home 15 minutes earlier and hit the traffic a little differently? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I mean, so much of it is the problem solving together at the beginning that's why I intervened with the doctor right away. I think I'll probably see this doctor three or four more times. I don't want this to be every time right. he walks in the room on the phone. And by the way, they were all work calls. There was nothing personal there at all. He wasn't texting with his girlfriend or wife or kids. It was professional stuff. But still, that's well, a boundary have the I'm opportunity. not going to allow. To, the, my comfort zone is when you're in with me, you're in with me. Well, and does it allow us to expand what the comfort zone becomes? So now you've created this comfort with direct conversations with him. So potentially he could come back and be like, uh, you know, Mr. Graham, you're asking for an awful lot. Well, he yeah. was very direct in how he dealt with my situation. There was, no, there was no sugarcoating. It was a cut to the chase discussion, which is fine with me. Right. So which I is... think I may, have, I may have shifted our 
dynamic from Mr. Graham, let me explain to you what might be going on to this is what I think it is, which is fine with me. For now. I mean, it, it might change. You know, it might be, it might open something else new up that you had never considered. Just like that conversation with the employee who's late might be, oh, hey, you know, I never really thought about that. I mean, I know it was sad, and but but I've been in places where they say that, but then even the boss doesn't follow it. And the rules hold true for some and for others. And yeah, it's 815, but it's not, nothing really happens until 845. And, right. and so you just, it, you, it's just like almost a miss, not a miss, a lack of understanding of how specific is this? Is this something that if, um, if actually questioned on, there'd be like, oh, well, I kind of just didn't, I know that I didn't have any meetings until nine. And so I wasn't that rushed. And I know that this is a standing meeting we have at nine every week. And so I was like, I stopped and got an extra coffee or I took a different route because I wanted to see something else. Or, <clears throat> you know what? I, I sat in my car and scrolled through social media. Right. Because I didn't think it was that big a deal. And so now that I understand that, which because of this conversation, because of someone else going outside of their comfort zone to share that, um, I can change that pattern. And creating a new comfort zone for the two of them. Correct. I think that's the thing I see. You have your comfort zone. I have mine. So many of these discussions are around, we need to find a shared comfort zone or we need to acknowledge there's no way that's going to work. Mr. Graham, I'm really sorry, but I'm a doctor. It's my room. I'm going to take any damn call I want. And you can just choose to sit here and suck, you know, suffer through it. Or you can walk. And if you walk, that's fine. Right. <laughs> um, and those were the options. And I think also how I approached it affects that. Of right? course. I could have said, Put the damn phone away now. I'm the patient. And I think I would have gotten a very different response from, hey, um, I'm sorry, is there there something more important than me? Because if so, I can wait outside. And the look on his face was priceless. Like, you didn't just say that. And I I think... It's kind of interesting. I'd love to have someone go up to him late yesterday and be like, so um, what stands out about your patients today? Anything unusual? Yeah, patients stood up to me. I and think in some ways it's a way you get respect because like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to tell you where my boundary is. All those people that you pissed off, that, that you know you pissed them off and you didn't want to deal with it. Now suddenly there's someone that does it. Just like I've worked with... Uh, supervisors who have told employees things like you're, you're late for work. And they're like, Oh, they're going to hate me. They're going to, but, and they come in the next day. It's like, Hey, I really appreciate you telling that. No one's ever explained that to me. And I, I realize I'm laying the team down. How can I make it up to you and the team? We're having a meeting Friday. Can I bring the donuts? And the person's looking like, you know, they call and go, Bob, you're not going to believe the discussion I just had. Right. I fully believe it. Cause you're the first person to tell this person. They thought, it actually exactly. went different than they thought. Right. I and mean, that was, I was telling you about this, I think after the show yesterday that I had a, uh, 
a boss mm-hmm. who, while in a meeting, was always on his phone. And another group called him out on it and said, oh, I guess everything else that you're doing is more important than this meeting. Because every time you're with us, you're constantly checking your phone, you're on your phone, you're doing whatever. And the person actually realized that that was the case and got to the point where they would walk in and immediately turn their phone upside down and put it in the middle of the table. Because they're like, okay, look, I've been, someone shared this with me and I didn't even realize I was doing it and didn't realize how it was impacting someone else. And, um, and so I want to change that. So their comfort zone, as you said, their box expanded to, I don't need to look at my phone every two minutes. I'm not, it's not that important. I need to be present with who's there. And I think that's an important thing. You know, if, if you're in a meeting and somebody's sitting behind their desk and they're constantly looking away from you to their computer because they get a notification about an email that comes in, you're thinking exactly like you did with the doctor is, I guess that I'm not, you know, I don't have their full attention. Right. Yeah. It, it's fascinating. So Tom, can I ask you to try some homework tonight, today? Sure. Can you track every time you are outside of your comfort zone and see what it yields to you tomorrow, if anything? Okay. Because I'm curious if it's, you know, maybe for you, it's something completely different. Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. And I think one of the things that um, one of the things that I think I've been thinking about in the last few years is the value of sharing what's real for us, for you, for each of us. And, and so I think that there are less and less things that I get uncomfortable with. And yet I know that there are things that I'm uncomfortable with. I'm just curious what your experience is tomorrow when you come back and say, you know, I realize these are the things. Maybe they're totally dissimilar or maybe you go, you know what? I realized it was all about conversations. Well, I think that those are, I think that that's, as I think about it, I will do the homework. Thank you. And and at the same time, um, it was resonating with me as you were saying it. And I think it's a lot about our perception of how challenging or awkward the conversation might be. You know, at some point you, you know, you, whether it's talking with kids or your neighbor, you know, we had neighbors who, we had a dog at one point who barked a lot when we were gone. And we were friendly with the neighbors, but not, you know, we'd say hi. And and because we were in townhouses, row houses, it was, you know, whatever. Didn't have dinner together, but talked over the wall. Correct. And, you know, they had, they, um, the wife was pregnant and so they had a kid. So they had a young kid who was sleeping and a parent who was a mother who was tired. Um, and if we were gone, the dog would bark a lot. And so, and I'm sure it was uncomfortable for them to be like, well, it's, you know, and how do you really control that? And, and yet they, at some point got comfortable enough or got the courage enough as Kelly would say. I was going to say they got the courage to share. This is what's real for them. And I think that 
you know, I think for me, um, I'm getting a little uncomfortable. Uh, it's Why? more of, well, because I think I'm more comfortable with, with work conversations. I think it's personal conversations that I probably, because I think that there's a value to yeah. them. Isn't it interesting when you make that discovery? Oh, I think I've known it for a while. I mean, I think, I think the other thing too is, is that you probably recognize it because it, you know, it, it might be the, the homework might be, what are those things you avoid because they make you uncomfortable? Well, I didn't avoid any, none of those things I avoided. They were all things that just sort of had to happen. I mean, I guess I could have avoided the discussion with the doctor. Correct. But almost, and I could have avoided the discussion with the clients, but at the same time, I was doing what I, you know, I wasn't, I yeah. wasn't prejudging it. I was doing it and then retrospectively saying, boy, that was really uncomfortable. Correct. And, and I think it also, you... the takeaway for me also is I'm uncomfortable a lot more than I realize in a day. Because I, I, I think about how I want to stay in my comfort zone so much. But by the same token, I, you know, I'm, I'm coaching people. So you're, you're going into uncomfortable spaces with them all the time. If you choose to. If I choose to. And if they choose to go there as well. Because they could easily say, Bob, you know what? I'm sick of it. You know what? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. They Tell me how great I am and let's move on with the day. Right. I, I think that. I think I think because I'm maybe my personality is not to be as open or to open? <laughs> well I, you know this program wouldn't be what it was without someone being open no doubt um, <laughs> that's what's going to be in my tombstone <laughs> and I would have thought about the conversation I, I I can see where that would have annoyed me. I'm not sure I would have said anything to the doctor. I'd have just been, and that's maybe my nature of avoiding conflict. And in the avoiding of conflict, sometimes you don't do what you, or the potential of, of having conflict. And so you don't go places that you might otherwise would. So you stay within your comfort zone, and when your comfort zone is affected by someone else, you're willing to move the wall without having probably yes. I would say that I think that's more my nature in the past is that. Um, so tomorrow, can you explain to us thinking through that in the next 24 hours and watching what happens, how that might be holding you back? Sure. Because I know this has held me back. And the discovery of it this morning is like, oh, wow. Huh. Well, and it's fascinating because it's held you back and, and yet it doesn't seem to hold you back from sharing what's real. If it was holding you back, you probably wouldn't have said what you said to the doctor. You'd have been like, I'm really pissed about this. And I don't know how he's going to react. And it might get uncomfortable. So I'm not going to share it. You were like, I'm really pissed about this. And I want him to know that. So you shared it. And I no, think, not I want him to know it. I want him to change it. Okay. And Different. I think that if you if you thought back on, and I think you, as you would say, you were the more open one on this show. And I would imagine sometimes if you thought differently about 
how if you thought differently about some things, you might not share them as openly as you do. There's also if I thought about it before I said it, I wouldn't share it. That's that, I mean, there's a lot of that. Well, you if I think if you thought about it differently, you know, I'm sure you think about it because I'm sure that there was it'd be interesting to know what your um, process was when you made the decision that I'm going to say something to this doctor. The process was I've been to a, many, many doctor's appointments. And there's just, if, if I'm to the point where if you don't fit what I'm looking for, I'm, I feel comfortable walking away from you. Most people, most people think that the doctor is the be all and end all. And they're the I realize that there's a, the, the real, here's a little insight. And I can tell you, having dealt with some serious medical stuff, the best relationship with the doctor is when it's collaborative. There's got to be a give and take in terms of medical care and everything. And if you can't have that kind of give and take, I don't want to be with that doctor. I don't believe the doctor is going to tell me what to do. Doctor told me something yesterday and I said, that sounds really great, except for this medication I take that you're saying I can't take if I do what you propose. That's not going to happen because I need that medicine. He's like, oh, I guess you're right. I know my situation pretty well. So a doctor to me is an advisor. I'm ultimately responsible for my body and mind. They aren't because once I'm out of that room, if they give me a contraindication and I'm in the hospital in the emergency room because my heart stopped, they're going on about their day. I'm the one who has the most information. So I set that up from the beginning with the doctor. Many people... You know, when my father was alive, he went to a doctor and the doctor would say, do this, do this, do this. My father wouldn't even ask a question. I'd be like, well, I'm sorry, doc. Help me understand where this fits into this. And I think that's that's our knowledge, experience and perspective that changes how we look at those situations. And if you had if you had a different perspective, like your father, I would imagine, would never have said that. Oh, not in a, not even. No way. It, but I would have in front of, if my father and I had gone to the appointment, I would have said in front of my father and I would have heard about it for the next two hours. As soon so as we walked out of that room, Bob, yeah. that's a doctor. Treat him with respect. He can do whatever he wants. He's the doctor. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, it would be like me when my mom would send food back. And I'd right. be like, mom, it's it, it's because it permeates your comfort zone. Correct. And that's not something that I would do, likely. Correct. I would just push whatever I didn't want to the side, not eat it. Right. That's a great example. That's a that's a beautifully simple example about comfort zones. So I think that's where we're at. That's what's real for us in the moment. Right. Let let me, uh, Michael, related to a point that you made, a good point you made. I know it's been about four minutes. I don't remember exactly what the point was. I'm sorry. I didn't see this until now. I got wrapped up in the discussion. So apologies, Michael. Do you have your one thing? I I do. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm still trying to formulate it in words. Maybe you'll capture it. You know, I don't know that that I would use the phrase holding you back. I think it's, it's limiting the possibilities Um, because I still think there's value in what, what your comfort zone is. 
you know, the comfort zone does when we do what we like to do and what we're good at, which is our comfort zone, part of it, um, can have real value. And so I think there's something about knowing where your comfort zone is, as we talked about yesterday, and understanding the value that it has. <clears throat> and at the same time, I can see where our comfort zone allows us to limit our knowledge, experience, and perspective, especially perspective. Because I think that we think, we think about and maybe assume, we make some assumptions about what the end result is going to be if I do this. You know, and which, and then we try to judge which is where do we want to be? Do we want to just keep our mouth shut because we're worried that this doctor is going to kick us out and we know what, and we know we need something? We have to figure something out. Or are we comfortable in saying, I don't, I don't appreciate this. How can we do it differently? And accepting what might come with that, which he might kick you out of the office. And now you got to go find another doctor and make another appointment. And, and I think that based on what's real for us, we, we make some of those assumptions, which does then maybe hold us back from learning more and, and having whatever the potential opportunity is that is there, you know, if you want to have a tough, what, what you consider a tough conversation with someone. You, I'm sure some people try to think about, okay, well, what's the potential outcome? And is the risk of doing this, upsetting this relationship, for example, or um, getting better? How, is that worth what the reward is? Is the guy's going to pay attention to you? And either you didn't think about it or you were comfortable with, he doesn't want... If he doesn't like what I have to say, I, I'm fine. I'll leave. I'll go find someone. I was else. willing to accept the consequences. Correct. And I think that's the thing is, are we are we willing to accept, which is why I think courage that Kelly used is such a great word, because it really is the courage to be okay with, if I say this, what's the risk? If I share this with my client, which is probably not what they want to hear, am I comfortable with the fact that they might walk away? And then we make some of those decisions. And so it is, I think, holding us back from what could be greater awareness and understanding um, about where our boundaries are with, with each, with every interaction that we have. I like that. I was going to change the title myself, but I, it says your comfort zone, is it holding you back? I would argue it should be us. Is it or holding me. us back? Because ultimately it's about finding that common ground between those comfort zones or agreeing that there isn't common ground and going your separate ways. Right. And I, it's funny. It's almost like one of those things is that can't believe this just came into my head. There was, I did some Sandler training at one point, sales training. And one of the things that they talked about was an upfront contract. Mm -hmm. And when you walk into any conversation is having an upfront contract and theirs was, I'm going to share some things with you. I'd like, you know, I'd like to, you can feel free to share some things to me. And if, if none of it makes any if sense, if it fits, we'll talk about working together and what that might look like. 
or we'll just walk away and be like, okay, it just wasn't, it's no. I don't think they said the walk away part. I think they uh, only said the positive, right? No, I because I, I feel like there was a, there was always, it was okay if it didn't work. Like right. if, if you don't, if like, I'm not going to try to sell you something if you don't want to be sold. And hopefully we're going to, and I think they had a pathway so that they would get to the point where someone would want to at least hear more. You know, it's like, if we get to this point and you say, hey, I'm not really interested, I'll get up and walk out. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm not going to do whatever. Right. <clears throat> if we get to this point and you say, you know, let me share a little bit. And if you are interested and you can feel free to ask questions, go forward. You know, I, I wonder sometimes if, you know, so those are some of those things. Like the first time you, when you called up the doctor, <clears throat> mm -hmm. if you said, hey, one of the experiences I've had is that I've been in my appointment. One. You're never on time. And that's frustrating for me. Right. And, you know, if if why set the appointment at two if it's not really going to be at two? That's frustrating. And I don't and I don't appreciate that. What can we do about that? Or if, you know, I don't feel like you're giving me your full attention, I might say something. I just want you to be aware that this is what's going to happen. Or even with like, you know, one of the things I talk with some of my clients about when dealing with um, their staff is asking them up front, how do they like feedback? And um, what was the other thing? Uh, there was something else around that same thing. So that you better understood or differently understood, you know, you want me to just pass you by and share, here's, what's, here's a thought I had, or here's some feedback I have, or can it only happen, should it only happen in our one-on-one -on -one meetings? Can I send it to you by email? leave a voicemail message like what's the way that you that it's most that it's most effective right for you to get feedback you know and i think sometimes in our relationships that's helpful like i know you're an orioles fan you know i'm a yankee fan like okay how far do we push can we push that boundary before it crosses the line right right you know and i think that's that those are one of those things is maybe there's we because we don't have those up front we don't know and so it's the unknown that becomes a little scary. And we then have to, have to decide if we have the courage to push through what the unknown result could be or not. I like that. There's a lot going on today. And Tom's going to come back tomorrow and tell us what, uh, where he felt like he was going outside his comfort zone. I can't wait to hear. Um, so look forward to that tomorrow. Thanks for being with us today, folks. This has been a really interesting, eye-opening, illuminating discussion for me. Thank you so much for your comments, Michael and Kelly. Always appreciate it. And you podcast folks, you don't know about these comments. We've read them to you. But if you've got comments, go to our RenegadeSuccessNetwork.com where you can see how to access our Facebook group. Or you can go to our Sculpture Business Facebook group where we are gathering I think we've got about 1300 people who consider themselves renegades who yes. are uh, sharing information and resources and motivation and inspiration and insights that are helping them achieve their renegadeness. Ooh, I like that renegadeness. Okay. All right, everybody. We look forward to seeing you inside of that Facebook group. If not, uh, will we see them tomorrow? I don't know. We didn't talk about it. Makes my end. So we look forward to seeing you inside of that Facebook group, or we'll see you soon for our next <laughs> episode right. of today's antidote.
Hey, whatever you do and however long you have to wait till we're back, embrace the renegading you. It's so worth it. It is. All right, everyone, go out and enjoy your day. We will see you soon. Oh, Tom, I did this already. You're going to make me come up with another one? Hey, if you're stuck, folks, you're overwhelmed. If you don't know where your comfort zone is or isn't, we want to help you. It's real simple. Our Get Real, Get Results, Make More Money program is a powerful way for you to move forward and overcome some things that are standing in your way. Talk to Tom or Bob or go to the renegadesuccessnetwork.com to learn more.